This is Robinson, you're trying to seduce me. Here's Johnny. Oh, wait, what do you want? You want? Hey, motherfucker. You never go ask them out. Now what is so damn funny? And here we go. We will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. Force will be with you. Always. But the truth! You can't handle the truth! What's up, fanboys and fangirls? Welcome to episode number 22 of the Movie Club Podcast. This is the January 2016 edition, and we're going to talk about winter films. The old wintry months are ahead of us, and kind of during right now, just had some snowfall. And we're in the snow mood, so we figured we'd pick four movies that were based off of snow in some capacity. Edward Scissorhands, Groundhog Day, Frozen, and Snowpiercer. We're going to talk about them one by one. But first, I need to introduce to you the panel that's going to be talking. I am your host, Tony Mango, and joining me on this episode, i got a bunch of C's, and I don't mean that in a derogatory kind of way. <laughs> I've got Chris Cheng. Hello. Chris Dace. Hey, hey. And Caroline Oliveira. Hello. So, as I mentioned before, we're going to start off with the 1990 film Edward Scissorhands. That was directed by Tim Burton, written by Tim Burton and Caroline Thompson, and holy hell, is this a Tim Burton movie? <laughs> Very first note that I have written down is just such a Tim Burton movie. Uh, so first off, uh, to just give you an impression of how good or bad this movie is, our Rotten Tomatoes scores 89% for the tomato meter or the critics and 91 for the audience score. Audience a little bit higher than that, but basically around the same. Uh, what were your first impressions when you saw Edward Scissorhands and was it for this, or did you guys had seen it before? Dave, I'm going to start with you. When I first uh, saw this movie, it was, uh, God, probably around like 95, 96 when I was still a kid. And it was terrifying between <laughs> him and Vincent Price and like, it's a Tim Burton film. So, of course, it's scary just to begin with. Um, but all the darkness and all that stuff, it just, it, it definitely caught me off guard as a kid. Chang, what about you? Um, well, like when I first saw it as a kid, I didn't really pick up on all the the weird Tim Burton things. I just saw it as like the watch this adorable like monster kid like fumble his way through this like family. But then like I watched it years later, and I was just like, I'm totally again, I'm totally with like the the like neighbors and the the community that hates Edward. <laughs> Caroline, what's your first impression of the movie? I loved the movie when I when I was growing up. I watched it so many times because I had so many medical problems growing up. I was always like the different one in my family and my friends. So when I saw Edward Scissorhands, I was like, "Oh my god, it's like me, but not really, but kind of like me." I love this movie. Just to clarify, your medical problems weren't that you had scissors for hands, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you had the hands yeah, for But you know, <laughs> so I got plungers. Uh. <laughs> So, first question that I have for everybody, do they ever tell you what his age is supposed to be? Uh, Johnny Depp. That is, that's why I assume he's aged Johnny Depp. <laughs> he's aged Johnny Depp. <laughs> but, like, is he supposed to be, like, 17 or something? I assume, because it has to match up to Wayne Ryder's age. So she was, like, 17, 18. She's a senior in high school. They mentioned that. Okay, yeah. 
So he's got to be roughly her age, but I mean, he could be a couple of years older or whatever like that, but technically he's kind of like only a couple of years old, right? Cause he he's only like three yeah, <laughs> so in, like, in like in, in robot boy terms, I guess like dog years kind of <laughs> cause so, it seemed like, yeah, the guy built them. Like, I guess he had prototypes and got to the final model, but before the, the hand ceremony, he just kind of like, yeah. you know, upped and died. So, which that's another question here is, uh, you didn't give the thing hands, but you gave him scissors for hands. Mm-hmm. And instead of you, you just like cut that step and we're like, I think I want to check out the scissors instead. But you also spent the time to read poetry to him, and it's like, give him hands. Yeah. The... <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? He needed to be different. He needed to be scary on the outside. Why? <laughs> Why? Because then the movie would make sense. I, I know, but it's he just like it. Like I forgot who said it. It's the most Tim Burton, Tim Burton thing. That's exactly like what Tim Burton thinks. Like the world is. It's like ah, you're right, not ready right, yet. Right. You, need, you need scissors for hands. But yeah, um, his priority for like doing it is really messed up because it's like I get if the world was like a post-apocalyptic future where like scissors for hands is like useful, right? But it's like the suburban community was not going to come after them. So he didn't need weapons. Edward Scissorhands Fury Road or something. (laughs) But like, we're also talking about an inventor that started out making cookies. Oh yeah, that's right. I told you like, skip that fact. He's just like, he's making cookies one day, some sugar cookies. And instead of thinking, you know, maybe I'll switch it up and do chocolate chip. He's just kind of like, maybe I'll make a real boy. Like I'll go Pinocchio mode. Is, Is that like a chance most bakers do? Like, could that happen? Can some baker decide, like, I'm going to make life, like, real life? I don't know. I can't even make cupcakes. If I was trying to make a person, I'd really fuck it You'll forget the hands? I'd turn out with Edward normal hands, and he would still be as much of a monster. <laughs> uh, I had a, a whole bunch of questions this time watching it. I mean, I've owned the movie for years, and I've seen it a couple different times and stuff. But this time, you know, I already knew the whole story. I already knew how to end it and all that. And I was just looking for nuances. And another question I had was... What does he eat the whole time he's alone? I don't think he eats, really. Yeah. Well, he eats think... in the movie. Yeah, because he's trying it. Yeah, but... but I don't think he needs to eat. Like, does he have inside parts? Like, I mean, does he have a cookie for a heart? Because it was a heart cookie that made him have, like, the inspiration. Is he made out of cookies? <laughs> Is that the secret to, like, eternal life? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, we should eat some more cookies. I don't know. Vincent Price is kind of mysterious at that point, so... <laughs> yeah, he builds a machine to crack eggs and somehow comes out with a, a kid. And how does he use the bathroom, too? That's another thing. I don't, I don't, he think, needs to. I don't think he has genitals. Yeah. Like, I don't think... He's not He's not a full real boy, which is, like, what proves my point later about my argument about the town kind of turning against him. So if he doesn't have any genitals, then that really sucks for Kim. Again, it's just for her own safety. That's why Jim... Is like the unsung hero. <laughs> but yeah, this does come off as a real Tim Burton movie. I mean, you got the creative person. He's, you know, an artistic kind of thing with frayed black hair. And he's out of place in a pastel town and all that other kind of stuff. It's just like Tim Burton's really going for the uh, the teenage writing this in my journal type of story, <laughs> isn't he? It's a totally like 80s thing, too, because... Um, the hairstyle and everything kind of reminds me of Boy George. And this is, like, 90s, like, right as the 90s was, like, starting. Yeah, so 1990. All, yeah, so just the fact that, like, um, 
you know, a lot of probably the, the the culture clash between Gothic and like suburban preppy, like Valley, I guess. And like jocks, like it just like this, this hodgepodge of um, countercultures. And, Thanks. Uh, what was your first impression when you looked at like the the neighborhood? You know, you get the slutty neighbor, the gossipy housewives. Everybody's got these like pink homes and stuff. It felt like the uh, Stepford sisters, or the Stepford <laughs> Stepford wives. wives. Stepford yeah, cuckoos. It, it was just sense? very like here's this dark, mysterious mountain up here where Vincent Price is hiding out with his creation, and then down here is the quote unquote perfect life. And then uh, they mix the two, and that's when Frankenstein gets fucking chased out of town. <laughs> yeah, and nobody in town ever goes, I wonder what's up with that mansion. Joyce <laughs> is kind of like, oh, there's that mansion up there that nobody goes to. I'm pretty sure there's a, like a zoning thing where it's like you have a, a, a like a housing development, and then up on the hills, like this like gloomy-ass mansion castle. <laughs> Caroline, your thoughts on uh, the town itself? I mean, I can't imagine that that was the type of thing that you were like oh i want to live there oh god no like that would be the opposite like take me to the castle anytime not that town i mean it's like for a while when i was really young and i watched this movie i thought that the united states was like that (laughs) (laughs) i was like oh my god is that how it is because it's so different from brazil right um were you disappointed when you first came here (laughs) Well, you know, by then I watched so many other movies. I knew it wasn't really like that. It was more like Mad Max, <laughs> New <laughs> York City. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I thought it was, I never really thought too much, to be honest. I never really thought too much about the city itself. Like, I always, like, thought about the neighbors. The most slutty neighbor was, like, my favorite because he, she kind of reminds me of my aunt a lot. <laughs> 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 not that my aunt's slutty it's just like the way she dresses like just like my aunt um your aunt really needs to answer the question of whether or not edward has genitals <laughs> <laughs> she'll probably send you to church if you asked her that <laughs> she's a very complex character damn those tv programs <laughs> <laughs> uh note that i had written down here that i didn't notice until this time that i watched it and it was one of the things that i found one of the funniest parts about the movie Alan Arkin's character is so oblivious to everything that's going on. <laughs> like, I mean, the very first scene we see him in, she's already, uh, his wife, I can't remember her name, uh, Peg. Uh, she's already brought Edward into the family, and they're just eating dinner, and he's just kind of like, so, Ed, what's up? <laughs> like, it's a con- uh, consistent running joke throughout the whole movie that, like, Edward runs away at the end, and it's just like, hey, where's Ed going? All right, I guess I'll get him. <laughs> So, teenagers, huh? Yeah, kind of <laughs> fucked up, right? Here, have some lemonade. <laughs> I loved his character. He's one of my favorite parts of the movie. But uh, out of all the people that are side characters, we have a wide range of stuff. Uh, Chang, you're talking about you identify with Jim the most because you identify with his... Not, not uh, the most, but I gotta get his, like, conviction and his, like... You just support his point of view? <laughs> up until a certain point, you know? Then there's just like, ah, uh, no. Like, then it, he became, like, classic bad boy. You know, like, he kind of became too much of a bad boy. Which is weird to think Anthony Michael Hall being the tough jock. Yeah, yeah, just, like, five years prior, he was, like, the nerd guy in Breakfast Club. Or six years prior, you know what I mean? So it's just like, what? Steroids. This guy. All he had to take is, like, one leather jacket. Look at him now. <laughs> if he would have known that in high school, man, he wouldn't have been at that detention. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, 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 I get to a point where, like, 
he's really taken an interest because anyone you know brings over like a creature and is totally fine with it except for like kim she's like the reasonable too like what until she falls in love and then it's like jim's it's jim's responsibility to like wake them up and be like look at you what the hell is going on <laughs> right like because for all we know he this monster cast a spell on everyone you know like he's mind controlling everybody <laughs> <laughs> mind control scissors. We don't know. I don't. I mean, come on. I mean, like, you can't. There's nothing else to base this on. <laughs> That's true. Days. Who stands out to you as somebody that you would identify the most with? Is it Edward or is it somebody else? In that town, um, probably the neighbor that just minded their own business and went inside the house. <laughs> <laughs> the ones that at the end, when Jim dies, they're just kind of like, "Up, oh, sucks to be Jim." All right. <laughs> You guys want to have barbecue or something? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I'd be like, yeah, that's their problem. I'm going to go back inside, play some video games. <laughs> so basically all the men in the town. Yeah, I, I just, <laughs> I wouldn't care. But like, all right, he's got knives right hand. So what? Just don't touch me. <laughs> Caroline, I'm assuming you're uh, identifying the most with Edward. Yes, absolutely. Aww. <laughs> I think I identify the most with the Kim's brother, who's just like, how sharp are those knives? That's kind of cool. Can I bring you to show and tell? <laughs> uh, let's see here. A couple of other notes that I had down. I funny line that I thought was one of my favorite parts of the movie. Um, I can't eat that. It's not sanitary. He used his hands <laughs> when he's cutting it with the scissors. I thought it was really funny. Uh, oh, actually, I had another question that was going on here. If Alan Arkin staples fake snow to the roof, why does Winona Ryder say that it's never snowed there before? How would they have any, like, idea of what the fake snow is? Well, they must have TV to know yeah. what the snow is. It doesn't snow in Florida, but Disney has, like, this, like, foamy thing that they throw out in the sky, and everybody's like, snow. So it was supposed to be implying <laughs> that it just had never snowed in that town before. Well, yeah. I always took it as that it never snowed, period, and this was, like, the oh, oh, like the tale of how snow became kind of a thing. Uh, I could be totally wrong. I, yeah, I just think it's like because it's California. Yeah, I just think that's why. Uh, right. See, I pictured that it was. I didn't even think it was California. I thought it was like Ohio or something, like some random ass town. You know, that would explain like, a hell of a lot more than my point of view. If it was Ohio, <laughs> like those people would look as posh. They would be way more farmery. You know, what I mean, the, the fact they looked very preppy was like the dead giveaway for me that it was like the West Coast. Well, we know it's not Fargo. Right. Right. So it'd be like, oh, your hands, you know. (laughs) Dace, I noticed specifically your snowman is in this movie. He is, and that's why uh, he's a special guest in a lot of our videos we shoot for. (laughs) When the old man asks if they've caught him yet, just panning the shot, and I'm just like, is that the same snowman that Dace has? Yeah, it's the menacing snowman. Um, (laughs) That's why there's a backstory there. So what are some other things that stand out to you guys about this movie? Any uh, positives or negatives? Some favorite scenes? Some least favorite scenes? Uh, I guess for a Tim Burton movie, there's a way lot of, like, mature themes going on. You know, like, there's a lot of, like, essential, like, like kind of rape claims. Um, like, violence. Like, that doesn't happen in a lot of Tim Burton movies. Uh, there's probably some subtext in A Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> Okay, well, yeah. He, he did do um, Sweeney Todd, too. That was very... Yeah, that was way later, and that wasn't meant for a kid's movie. Like, this somehow, this, this movie somehow became, like, a family movie. 
Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, he probably raped those kids. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, his remake was crazier, <laughs> but yeah, that's like, it's very Tim Burton y and gothic. And like, the more I thought about it, I was like, yeah, a lot of kids like saw this movie. And I'm like, whoa, mm-hmm. who's the target demographic for this when it was coming out? Yeah, because it seems like it would be a standard PG 13 type of movie. It's got a horror kind of twist to it, but it's not a horror film. It's, I don't right. know, it's weird. Like, you can't really place it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, it just. And it's like I saw a lot of this, this movie in rental stores is like family movies that I'm like, this is the movie you like you introduce like a lot of adult concepts to to your kids where it's like, all right, like we're going to watch this movie. Then we're going to have a talk. <laughs> so what was Kim talking about when she said you can't always get uh, Jim to stop whatever he wants to stop and all that? <laughs> Does anybody know? Kids, raise your hand. What did Jim? Ro- well, Jim's fault was getting drunk at the end. If he just didn't get drunk, that'd be kind of fine. <laughs> But did you guys really, like, catch on all that when you first watched the movie when you were a child? Because I I really didn't. Like, even when he dies at the end, and I mean, mean, when the jock dies at the end, and it's, like, now I watched it, I'm like, oh, that's kind of, like... But that's kind of how I feel about a lot of the Disney movies nowadays, too. Like, some of them are really scary and have, like, really, like, dramatic things that kids might be sensitive to. But as a child, I didn't really get all that. It was just like, eh. That character is evil. He died. Good. I think it's like a decade thing because it's still off that like 80s, like 80s kids movies versus like 2000s kids movie. There's a very big difference in storytelling and like even just like having adult themes like this just like there. Apparently it's like if you think about it, if Tim Burton really wanted to make this a horror movie, he could. All the elements are there. Mm hmm. And yeah, this did. really could. Like, if they wanted to do a remake and just do this purely on, like, the thriller kind of side, that would work. Or, like, at the end, where, like, it's calm at the beginning, but at the end, his freakout is way worse. You, know you just mean? have to cut out some scenes where, he, like, he cuts the dog's hair and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, I love that scene. <laughs> no, no, you can, you can still have, like, the charming, like, he's a misunderstood creature, but then at the end, it's just like, but he's still a creature. And, like, you know, have him, like, really start murdering people they're like what's wrong and he's like i got fucking cookies for heart (laughs) (laughs) if i woke up and was like what the hell like i would just strangle things you know like i don't have any genitals (laughs) oh man like that's it like you know you can't eat you can't use the bathroom it's life after that continually cutting your face face anything stands out to you I'm not, like, a big fan of Tim Burton films and uh, still wasn't a fan of this one. Batman's pretty much it. And it's only <laughs> like that one because it's it's Batman. So, yeah, I don't like Tim Burton. I'm going to stick with you, then. If you gave this a 0 to 10, what's your score? Uh, I'll give it a 5. I mean, I did watch it a couple times as a kid, but, again, I don't, I'm not a big fan of Tim Burton. Caroline, what's your 0 to 10? I'll give it a 7. I feel like, to me, I'm not... A- Interestingly enough, I'm not a big Tim Burton fan, believe it or not, but this one's definitely one of my favorite films he's ever done. So, and all the sentimental value, so a seven. And Chang, what are you? What about you? Like a six. It like I, I'm I'm a average. I'm I don't know. I'm like I'm okay Tim Burton fan. Like I watch almost all things, and I get like his themes between his films. It's always about misunderstood things, like either between Pee Wee, Batman, like Edward. Or Nightmare Before Christmas is always a theme of just like misunderstood or um, how dark like, everything is. Yeah, how dark. <laughs> and it's like you have fun in it. You know, you could do something with it. Um, but for me, like it's always just like I agree at this situation, the town is kind of right. <laughs> like that's just why I'm like, yeah, they're kind of right after a while. 
Except for the whole like neighbor, like the the milf neighbor that just kind of goes like boy crazy. Yeah, she's really probably the creepiest character out of the whole movie. And she's the one who starts the chain of events, really. Yeah. And she gets like no backlash. <laughs> no, she's like praised at the end. <laughs> Actually, no, the creepier person is that really religious woman. Yeah. She's just sitting there playing that organ. She's like, <laughs> That's all you do all day? What the hell? Fucking weirdo. <laughs> So, those are our thoughts on Edward Scissorhands. If you're watching this on YouTube, we've got four parts that you just got to click on to go to the next sections. If you're on iTunes and Stitcher, then you don't have to do anything because we'll be right back. But we're going to continue on in part two with Groundhog Day. So, we'll see you there. Welcome back to part two of episode 22. It's time for us to go into Groundhog Day. 1993 is when that movie came out. And you would think that it would have come out every year since then and just repeating, (laughs) but they (laughs) decided not to do that. Uh, for those who don't know, the basic story of Groundhog Day is not like some kind of actual specific story of Groundhog Day, like uh, we're going to do the historical significance or anything like that. It's You have a guy who's caught in a blizzard, and he's trying to do the news report for Groundhog Day, and the day keeps repeating itself over and over and over again. So the blizzard part is where it factors into the winter part, not the time travel, because we're not doing a time travel month. Maybe in the future we'll revisit Groundhog Day if we do that. I don't know. But uh, as far as first impressions go, Caroline, what were your first impressions of Groundhog Day? And when's the first time that you saw the movie? Oh, I watched it when I was young. It was one of those movies that for some reason kept playing on Brazilian uh, TNT a lot. Like every other week they they would play the movie. Um one, I had no idea that Groundhog Day was an actual thing when I first watched it. I had no idea that you guys celebrated that or whatever. Well, I'm well, going really. to cut you off real quick to, to throw this out there because you brought up a point that I didn't have in my notes to bring up later on or whatever. This movie, actually, they changed the title a bunch of times because in other countries, they were like, nobody's going to know what the fuck Groundhog Day is. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember what it was called in Portuguese, but it was definitely not Groundhog Day. <laughs> There's like like uh, the day that never ends, I think, is one of them or something like that, and like it's all over the place with that. Uh, but anyway, continue. What you were I saying. can see that. Um, I'm not a big comedy or romance fan, as you guys all probably know by now, but I do like uh, Bill Murray a lot. So it was an all right movie. Dace, what about you? It's one of my favorite uh, Bill Murray films when it comes to uh, his comedies even though some of his other stuff is starting to get a little weird. Um, or doing the comedy thing where it completely tricks you at the end and makes you feel something. I hate that. <laughs> um, this one was great because it took a concept where it was going to repeat the same day every day for two hours, and it did well. I thought it was funny each time his day was repeated. Uh, so that was a concept that could have, if done wrong, could have been really bad. Chang? Um I'm like with a little bit of a gaze on this where it's like, this is a good Bill Murray comedy. It's just like perfect nineties Bill Murray where he's like the everyday man. Uh, I saw this movie when I was a kid. I'm like, like, you know, on TV also like T- TBS or TNT, whatever was like repeating this. Uh, I didn't like, I was too young to like see this in theaters. Um, the thing about it was, I think this was billed originally as a comedy sci-fi movie because, like, it had that like almost like time travel element into it of like repeating the day. So I remember a lot of like TV station kind of marketing it like really strange. Like I kind of remember this on Sci-Fi too. Like, it was mm. just like it's kind of like a sci-fi movie, like Groundhog Day. For our sci-fi movie trilogy, we're gonna do Alien and Terminator and Groundhog Day. 
well, like it's a funny like you know because it, it is kind of sci-fi-ish for repeating the day over and over again to that degree a little bit there's definitely some sci-fi elements that they cut out of the script actually originally the time loop was going to be caused by a former lover that is a witch and she just cast a spell on him to be like you know fuck you yeah like fantasy sci-fi so like that kind of explains the whole loop because it seems like all you do is piss off like something and like Pittsburgh, and this is, you, this is what you happens. Well, what do you guys think about that idea? Do you like it better where you don't know what the time loop is caused from, or would you rather have had some kind of an explanation? I think it's being ambiguous made it better. Because then I agree. you get into all those like par- time paradox things and all that stuff, and then it's just kind of like, ugh. Now I'm going to point out why that theory is stupid. <laughs> Well, some people even thought for a while that it, it was something about him actually being God because he says in the movie, you know, oh, I guess I'm God. And that they were like, well, maybe this happens to every God. You know, there's a theory out there that everybody's God and uh, that it's like um, – I wish I knew the, the theory off uh, – the name of the theory off the top of my head, but I don't. It's basically revolves around every single person is a reincarnation of God and you experience every possible life that has ever happened and never will happen because it takes all of that experience to understand the scope of what it would be like to be a god. So some people brought that into this, and it was just kind of like, well, that's just, that's way too fucking confusing. <laughs> just make it, you know, he wakes up, and hilarity ensues. <laughs> kind of. I mean, I think this came out, like, right at the tail end of Scrooge. Like, Scrooge came out the year prior, or two years. It's like the same thing of, like, Bill Murray being tormented by something, and uh, he learns a lesson at the end kind of thing. Let's see, Scrooge came out 88, Okay, this so, was 93, so a couple years later. A couple years later, but it's like the same kind of, like, he becomes a better person by the end of it. Well, originally the person who was going to play the character was Tom Hanks, and then they decided, no, nah, he doesn't seem like much of a jerk. Get Bill Murray. <laughs> it takes a while for Tom Hanks to be, like, a jerk. Because at the beginning of the movie, you would have just been like, oh, he's a nice guy. And then it's like he doesn't have any kind of emotional arc. He's just a nice guy who becomes nicer. He just, it's like Groundhog's Day's one day. Yeah, he just wakes up like it's a normal day, and it's like, what? I'm already a nice guy. And I already know everybody in town, because I'm Tom Hanks. So what were your thoughts when it came to how long he spent with this loop? Because I've double-checked a bunch of different things, and there are basically four theories that are out there. So before I say what those four are, I want to go around here and see what you guys think. Cheng, what do you think was the amount of time he spent in that loop? Uh, I mean, I kind of read a little bit, and I thought it was, like, at least 10 years. And 10 years makes sense for all the things he, like, became good at, you know, just to, like, plan and learn. Dace, what about you? Uh, I would think at least a year or so. I I mean, I never really thought too much into it. Just that, uh, like uh, Cheng had said, you had to... Do it a couple times, well, a lot of times to get that good to stop people from falling in holes and shit. (laughs) (laughs) Caroline? I think like two years maybe or three. So the four that I've come across online and through interviews and different things like that, the lowest amount was seven to ten years. Then it was 27 years. Then somebody did, I think it was like what culture or whatever, they did the math of how many years it would take for them to learn certain tricks and stuff. Like he throws the cards and he learns how to play the piano. Their calculation for that was 33 years. 
But Harold Ramis originally thought upwards of 10,000 years. What? (laughs) Yeah, so that's like... I can't even imagine that. I mean, if you think about the end, where he gets everything correct, like every possible scenario where he's just like this town celebrity and an overnight sensation, basically, you know, like mm-hmm. that hat, that couldn't be like the first time he pulled it all as like a giant hat trick, you know, like he, he had to like fuck up one time where it didn't go right at one point. So you had to probably repeat that process again, which I couldn't do that. I would just be, I'd go nuts. Right. So that's even like I said, the piano part takes at least 10 years to get to like his level. So if you're playing for like an hour, in that time, because he could only play that one lesson, you know, like for that one piano teacher that he would just practice with. But that's that's what I'm saying. Like that's I was like, okay, ten years seems reasonable, but like ten thousand, ten thousand years, I'm like, yeah, that, that also could be. But at that point, like, you know, like who knows what else you're good at? And you got to imagine if you're there for even ten years, let alone ten thousand years or whatever like that. There's got to be so many days where he just doesn't get out of bed. He's just kind of like, nah, just yeah. fuck it. I'm not going to do it today. <laughs> well, there was that really weird montage where he starts killing himself. So I can't, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> That's my favorite part. <laughs> how kind of like dark is that, though? I mean, he gets to a point where he's just kind of like, well, I guess I'm just going to throw a toaster in the uh, bath. And oh, I guess I'm just going to drive off a cliff. And I mean, I would get to that point, too, I'm sure. And you yeah, got to imagine mean, by that point, it's been a couple of years if this is like the lowest amount of seven years. You might try to mess around every day to see what what new horrors await you. <laughs> but, like, what if that was the key and, like, then time moves on again? Like, you had to kill yourself? Like, that's just, like, that would suck. That, that's how you get out of this loop. Is there anything that stood out to you guys as things that he didn't try in the movie that you would have tried to do? Because the first thing I thought of was technically the uh, blizzard is blocking them from leaving the town because of the traffic. Why didn't he just start walking? He did. He did at one point? He died. Like, he tried walking out of the town? Tried walking. And they found Mm -hmm. his body. In one of the montages. Oh, yeah, that is right. They did find his body, and it was all frozen. Mm Mm-hmm. Huh. There goes that idea. (laughs) (laughs) But it would have been, like, building, like, using something better than walking into the blizzard, you know? Like, it would be, like, I don't know steal a fire truck do you know what i mean like do something different like get on a train yeah right apparently my issues with these movies this uh month is i don't know where what's going on with towns <laughs> i fucked up with the edward scissorhands thing i'm fucking up with this town so, like, what's up with the community yeah that's the thing that's throwing me off in these movies god forbid when we get to frozen <laughs> um Anything that you really would have wanted to do, though, if you woke up in this kind of position, Dace, like, you know, would you go like, oh, man, I, I get to learn how to do this or, you know, he eats Probably all the cake and it's like a lot of murder and rape <laughs> and anything illegal that you can get away with because um, I'm just going to wake up tomorrow with a clean slate. Fuck it. <laughs> just really take advantage of Nancy. Oh, God, yeah. I, well, I would shoot things. I would shoot people and be like, oh, my bad. See you tomorrow personal grand theft auto game god yeah see if i can get five stars <laughs> i don't think you can they're out of town with all the blizzards blocking the national guard well it's gonna be a very empty town when i'm done <laughs> <laughs> that's the goal is to see if you can kill everybody in town by the end of the day when time resets yeah otherwise get to do it again tomorrow 
Also, there's another question. If he stayed up, what would happen? I think they tried it, but then they fell asleep, which is really bizarre because all they did was, like, not drink coffee and just, like, stare at each other. Yeah, like, I would just, like, make sure that I, you know, stayed up, which maybe that would, like, cause some other weird time loop and time would collapse on itself and the universe explodes or something. I don't know. Caroline, what would you do if you were in this position? I have no idea. I'm trying to think. Knowing me, I would probably just stay in bed. <laughs> For 10 years. And not do shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a couple of notes that I had written down. Uh, Bill Murray was bitten by the groundhog when they filmed that scene in the car. Apparently right after they got shot, uh, done that shot, it just turned around and bit his thumb or something. So I wouldn't be surprised if he was just kind of like, oh my god, I really do hate fucking groundhogs. <laughs> Uh, psychiatrist asking how's tomorrow for you I thought that was great how annoying is Ned uh, he's annoying but he's not like he's a townie annoying you know like all he does is sell insurance to, like the, the same people I guess so he's annoying but like you can't help it it's that town I don't know see he just got under my skin of the whole like am I right am I right am I right <laughs> Bing. I would have shot him first. (laughs) (laughs) I do love the punch, though. It's just like Ned Ryerson. (laughs) That was was that the good day streak? Like, was that the final end, or was that just? No, no. The end uh, is when he's signed up for all the different life insurance and stuff like that. Right. Okay. He's his best customer, kind of a thing. I think that, that the punch is, like, when he gets to the point a little bit before the suicides where he's just like, oh, fuck this. It's really, how many times can you deal with Ned without just wanting to punch him in the face or kill him if you're dazed? <laughs> yeah, there should have been, like, a murder thing. He doesn't harm anyone else. Yeah, he should have killed Ned. Just did one shot of him with, like, a revolver or something. <laughs> Ned's dead body, and he's just kind of like, what? Bing. Just laughing, like, <laughs> I did it. <laughs> Curious if he would have just shot the groundhog in one of the scenes, too, you know? What did you guys think about the old homeless man? Super sad. Because it's, uh, apparently in the script, he's doomed. There is no way for him to save his life. No, no, I think that's why in the end he just ignores him. Yeah. And, like, the good version, the good ending. Yeah, there's no, like, rewatching this, I mean, I had seen the movie a couple years ago, but rewatching it this time, I was just like, well, I don't remember them wrapping up anything about the homeless guy. And then when it gets to the end and they didn't, I was just like, oh, damn. So I looked it up and apparently in the script, he was supposed to walk by with Andy McDowell, walk by his like dead body on the side of the road. And she was just going to be like, you know, is he? And he's going to be like, yeah. And he just drops off a poem that he like places on his body that is about like his thoughts on loss and how it's inevitable and all this. Like, which if that would have been the perfect day, that would have been a really sad part of that day. (laughs) Let alone, you had this prepared in your pocket? Like, you just, yeah. here you go, dead person. Like If you were Andy McDowell, wouldn't you be like, what the fuck is wrong yeah. with you? You do that to, like, roadkill and people get upset. You can't do that to a live person, like, a, you know, a previous person on the street. <laughs> like, is this random old homeless person dead? Yep. I know. And I wrote a poem ahead of time. Want to go get ice cream? <laughs> you want to go to this dance and then make out? Like... <laughs> That's the good ending. Like what? Yeah, yeah. She's uh, unless she's really morbid. She's like, ooh, look, a dead body. Like, let's go poke it. Like, oh shit. <laughs> so 
So, uh, I didn't mention this before, the Rotten Tomato score is 96 and an 87. So, just slightly higher when it comes to uh, that versus Edward Scissorhands. Although, lower when it comes to the audience scores. I'm surprised about that one. But this is one of those movies that's widely acclaimed by a lot of different people. This was uh, preserved in different museums and everything. And uh, I like it a lot. I think, actually, I like this movie overall better than Edward Scissorhands. But I can't watch it as often. Do you guys kind of agree about that? Yeah. I watch it every year. So <laughs> On Groundhog Day? Yeah. Well, not on Groundhog Day, but at least once a year. You should just repeat it. <laughs> but I think it's a, a solid movie. I didn't give my score for Edward Scissorhands. That was around like a six or so. I think I'd have to give this about a seven, but... Uh, Caroline, what's your zero to ten, and is there anything else that you want to throw out there? Favorite stuff, least favorite stuff, whatever. Uh, I mean, I I just really like this this the montage of him trying to kill himself. I feel like that was probably my favorite part in the movie, and the little groundhog. Um, I'll give it a five. I'm just like not into comedies; they don't warm our heart. <laughs> Cheng, I, for me, like it's an eight. Like I, I, I love this movie. I've seen like like I'm like with Ace on this one. I see this movie like once a year. Uh, it's one of those things where you you learn a little bit more about the movie almost every time. Someone always mentions like new like you know new facts or like favorite moments, and then I guess like some writer also like releases trivia. You know, it's like oh by the way, then this happens. Like what? Like that took years to come out about the whole you know like curse the like gypsy curse whatever. So. I feel like there's a very big uh, cult around this movie, and I'm definitely part of it. I, I have never gone to like the the ceremony though. That's actually on my list to do. Is actually go to that town and see Paul. Oh, is it uh, the be- like the groundhog coming out of the stump? The real one or the because they filmed it in a different town for the movie. Well, like a one, you know, like a ceremony of this thing. Okay, yeah the the real town's Punxsutawney. But they apparently couldn't film in Punxsutawney or they didn't like the look of it or whatever like that. So it's, uh, I think it's Woodstock, Illinois, if I remember correctly. And that town has taken over the idea that, like, that they're the real Groundhog Day town because of the movie. Like, that part where uh, Bill Murray steps in the puddle, they have a little plaque that says Bill Murray stepped here. (laughs) It's, like, ridiculous how they do that kind of stuff. But They, they They turned into a tourist trap. It's awesome. Yep. So anybody that goes to the town, it's like, you know, this is the the part where we film this part of Groundhog Day, and this is the part where we film this part, and this is where Bill Murray killed himself with this. <laughs> that kind of stuff. Do they get these, like, fans trying to reenact it? <laughs> Everybody just punches Ned Ryerson. <laughs> Dace, what's your score, and anything else you want to throw out there? Uh, I, I would give it an 8.5, because, again, it's one of my favorite Bill Murray movies, and I do watch it at least once a year. Um, and the only bad thing about this movie is I can't listen to I Got You, Babe Ugh. after the movie for at least three months. Yeah, I can't listen to that anyway, but <laughs> after the movie, you're really just kind of like, I'm going to mute this beginning part. <laughs> when it gets to the part where he smashes the alarm clock, you're like, yes! Ironically, it was a uh, not this movie that ruined it for me. It was like, look who's talking. Or like, look who's talking to had I Got You, Babe too. <laughs> Wait, which was the one with the dog? Was it three? That was Look Who's Talking. No, wait, is that three? No, is damn it, what's the third one? Look Who's Talking one, the, the first one's the baby, the second one's a second Two baby, babies, right? yeah, two babies. Was, Roseanne's was, one? Roseanne, and then Look Who's Talking also? Look Who's Talking Now. 
Luke's talking now. Okay. That's what it was. Yeah, I remember uh, <laughs> my sister and one of her friends, my mom, went to go see that. At the same time, I went to go see, I think, RoboCop 3, <laughs> which was just like, <laughs> yeah, fuck this. I want to go see a ro- uh, robotic cyborg blow people in half and shit. You can watch the one about talking dogs or whatever, you know? <laughs> it's like, yep, yep. You made the better choice. I don't know. RoboCop 3 is kind of garbage. <laughs> Tell us what you think about Groundhog Day in the comments below, everybody. We have two more movies to go through. Frozen is next. <laughs> this is going to be interesting. Click on that if you're on YouTube. If you're on iTunes and Stitcher, then all you got to do is sit back, relax, and we will be right back in part three. Welcome back to part three of episode 22. We talked about Edward Scissorhands and Groundhog Day. Go back and check them out if you haven't already. But part three is going to be Frozen. Came out in 2013. If you don't know what Frozen is, what rock have you been living under? Holy shit. <laughs> I don't think I need to explain what this movie is about. Everybody knows everything about this movie, even if you haven't seen the movie. If you have any kid that's remotely close to you in your life, you know way too much about this movie already. Uh, has an 89 score for the Rotten Tomatoes, Tomato Meter, the critics, and an 86 for the audience score, which is, you know, about the same on par of what we've been doing for these movies. They're all kind of like the upper 80s, lower 90s kind of. Frozen is a very, uh, let's just say, it's a very popular movie, but it's also a very divisive movie. So this is going to be interesting to see. What are your thoughts on Frozen? in general, when it comes to how big of a phenomenon it is and your first reactions to it and everything like that, Dace? It's terrible, and the people that like it are terrible, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got two young kids that are uh, around your house all the time and stuff like that, but they're two young boys. So have they ever gotten into Frozen? Sorry, yeah, unfortunately, Junior has. Oh, he man. is currently obsessed with it. And he tries to make me watch it, and I tell him that he's no longer my nephew. <laughs> and that I like John better for the fact that he watches Frozen. My brother reinforces that fact, too. So hopefully we'll break him and he'll be a Star Wars fan in a few months. Nice. Chang, what about you? What was your first uh, situation when it came to Frozen? All right, so don't judge me so much, but it's just a terrible event that led me to seeing Frozen. But it was just like a matinee was offering like it was like two weeks after Frozen came out and me and another guy friend were like, hey, man, like, let's go see the check out this movie. It's like a Wednesday afternoon. You know, let's go see it. And we went not knowing that, you know, freaking parents would take their kids out of school to see this movie. (laughs) And so I was jam packed full of like little kids and parents. And like, we're the only people there, like over the age of 20, like you know, by or that just men. And we're like, damn it. And it was one of those versions that had like the lyrics pop up. Oh god. And oh like the close like, captioning oh. thing? Yeah. So it's just so everyone the could sing along. Yeah. And I was like, what? Damn it. <laughs> like Oh god, so, they have a sing along thing. Yeah, they have a sing along. Yeah. And it was like again I waited. And I thought it was the perfect, you know, like let the, the rush die out and you know <laughs> no one will see it. Wrong. <laughs> You know, it was like an afternoon. So imagine either like parents took their kids out early, like out of school or like didn't take their kids to school at all. Like they went to go see Frozen. So I was just like, what? And they're just kind of like, what are these 20 something year old men doing? Yeah. And I'm just like, damn it. Like now people know, like people see my face. (laughs) So like that was like uh, tarnished it like initially. But like, I I get it. It's a very like by the numbers musical movie. Um, I, I like some of the songs. Yeah. But I don't, like, care for this plot. Like, the plot is just crazy. But it's aware, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the 
for most Disney movies. Like at least this this one's kind of got a modern twist where like they're kind of aware of the tropes. So I give it some props for that. They didn't go all the way like classic Disney fairy tale story. When we were picking our movies, Caroline, it seemed like you were most excited about Frozen. I was like ready to sing because I like the music from Frozen. Are you going to sing on this podcast? I am not. I'm 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 too awake for that. I'm pretty sure, even though we don't have it to where people can leave comments yet because we're recording this not live, I'm pretty sure everybody's going to leave a comment saying that you need to sing. <laughs> I'm speaking on behalf of them that you should sing at some point. Uh, no. <laughs> Only if Chang sings with me. Oh, I need a lyric version again. <laughs> I need like the words to pop up so I can ignore them and not stare at kids singing. Badly, by the way. If I wanted to like critique it at the end, be like, you kids suck. You're not kids, Bob. Oh. <laughs> Why to say that to a bunch of kids, but I know <laughs> that's how you get kicked out of a theater and put on a, a blacklist. <laughs> but the music hits you uh, in a certain way, Caroline? Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's not, it's definitely not my favorite Disney movie. Uh, I agree with Chang. It does have like some really good points to it. I I get it why it's popular. I took my mom to watch it because whenever a movie like this comes out, since I don't have a child, like and my mom is visiting, I take her, and she loves it. Um, so I get what is why it's popular. I don't think it's a horrible movie. It's not the best, but I like the music. I think Let It Go. Just like I don't know if it's like just because I'm overly sensitive sometimes, but it spoke to me. <laughs> So when I first uh, saw any kind of a preview or anything for this movie, um, it was, you know, a couple months before the movie came out. I'm at a movie theater that I don't normally go to, and I was watching something else, and I can't remember what else it was that I was watching. I want to say maybe it was the second Hunger Games, but I might be, my timeline might be completely off. I don't know. And I'm looking at it, and I'm going, this kind of looks like it sucks. Like the... Are people going to go nuts over, like, this kind of shitty snowman? Like, whatever. <laughs> I didn't think it was going to be a big deal. I actually didn't even think that it was Disney at first. I thought that this was DreamWorks. Because there seems to be a real discrepancy between DreamWorks and, like, Disney Pixar. Usually Disney Pixar movies are things that I'm like, oh, damn, that looks pretty damn good. And the DreamWorks ones are the ones where I go, eh, I think I can kind of skip that. So out of nowhere, a couple months goes by, and the movie gets released, and it's a phenomenon. And I'm like, holy shit, that's the movie with a snowman that I thought sucked? Like, where did this come out of nowhere? And it's, you know, breaking box office things. And uh, I've got two nieces and a nephew, and I just, for the past couple of years, you know, that this has been out, like, my one niece in particular loves Elsa, so it's like, you know, I'll go over there, you know, like babysitting or something like that, and it's like she's got this frozen thing and this frozen thing and that frozen thing. And it's like, Oh, look at this. This is Elsa. And this is whatever. And I'm like, they, I don't know anything about this movie. Cause I kept putting it off. I didn't want to watch this. And I think it was 17 minutes into the movie. I posted a message on uh, Facebook and I just said, this movie sucked. And thankfully I will admit it got better, but I got a huge problem with different parts of this movie. I'm going to pick apart some of this and I want to get your opinions if I'm just completely cynical or what. Uh, do you guys agree that it's completely rushed? Yeah. Like, in terms of the plot? Like, yeah, like, they... The, one of my least favorite parts of the whole thing was... Uh, 
the prince, um, uh, I'm blanking on his name now, the bad guy. Um, oh, Hans. 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 Yeah. He, he bumps into her, he catches her so she doesn't fall, and then they just start dancing. It's like, uh, that's that's what would happen. Yeah, but like... But it's even a Al- Disney movie, Tony. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's why Elsa's kind of like, you can't just do that. Well, yeah. I did like when they would pull those, like you said, that they were subverting some different tropes, and that was nice when it was like Elsa just going like, you can't marry somebody you just fucking met, and it was like, all right, good. Elsa has a, you know, solid head in, uh, in her brain or whatever. Yeah, like that. even though she's like this antisocial queen. <laughs> yeah, but it was like Nothing stuff like wrong that, with that bugged me. Like, <laughs> somebody called me out on it on Facebook, and they were like, oh, it's a kid's movie, and I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't stop Aladdin from not having as many plot holes. <laughs> We're like the Lion King or Toy Story or Wally, you know what I mean? Uh, okay, so the the whole you want the romance to last longer was that your issue? I kind of <laughs> wanted uh, maybe would have had like uh, one or two more scenes for a lot of different parts of the movie to kind of justify it a little bit more, and they could have cut that first song because that song sucks. That one about the blocks of the ice. Oh, the, like this is how they make their money, like yeah. like cutting ice. Yeah, but like, it sets up the community how they depend on the ice, though. So it's weird. Like, there's a lot of pros and cons of having things. You know, like it introduces uh, Sven. Like it introduces like this boy who's raised by you know rock trolls. So it <laughs> <laughs> shows them that I don't, again, like every the community we mentioned in the beginning is terrible. Oh, like, they're horrible. If royalty, the parents are terrible for raising their kid differently. You know. Like to to outcast their own child in a weird way, and then it's the community that you know the royalty rules over. They're terrible because there's an orphan ice boy that like they just lose track of, and they're just like whatever. Like he'll die in the woods. It's nature. <laughs> hey, we cut ice. We don't watch kids. <laughs> yeah, apparently whatever. Go to the fucking rock trolls. They'll deal with you. Uh, are we supposed to believe that Elsa was locked up in her room the entire time, or did she leave that room? I think it was like she was always supervised when she left, right? Like, because she—I mean, she had to leave at some point to do things, like outside to show the community that like she's still alive. Because she couldn't like tweet, you know, like she you know, <laughs> things. She had to go outside because apparently they're all about like ceremonies. They're really—they take ceremonies really serious. Well, I mean, we know that Elsa and Anna haven't seen Anna. I should say people are be like, it's Anna, not El- uh, Anna. They haven't seen each other for years, so they've kept the two of them apart. But I was like, I don't know if that really implies that she's just in the room all the time, and like somebody just brings her her food, and she's got a bathroom in there or whatever. Chamber pot. Yeah, or if that like every time that Elsa needed to leave that room, they're just kind of like Anna. Now you get locked up in the room or whatever like that. Oh my god. Like, I, I, I thought that she was. I I thought that she locked herself in that room and she was there forever until. Well, the big like festival or whatever. Here's where I get into the same argument I had with Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> so, if I was an idiot for that, I'm surely an idiot for this. If she's locked up in that room all the time, and then she goes off and she builds that ice castle or whatever like that, uh, you know, like what's she doing for food? She's by herself. <laughs> they bring her food in the ice castle. Oh, the ice castle. Oh, I see. She makes popsicles. <laughs> she probably like killed things with her ice powers. Like she probably hunted. 
it's the force. <laughs> They're not gonna show you that scene because you could definitely hunt with like the ice powers. Yeah. Hello. Do you want to kill some ponies? <laughs> Aww. I mean, she doesn't have to like stab them. She could just freeze them to death and then thaw them out. Well, she I, can I, create I, life. She created Olaf. True. Maybe she can create animals yeah. that she can eat. <laughs> Snow animals. Who knows? I kind of thought the Do You Want to Build a Snowman song was kind of sad. Yeah. I, oh, I yeah, it needs to be that. sad. Oh, my God. Like, that was where I was just kind of like, well, this is a little ridiculous that they're locking her in the room, but I'll buy into it because it's sad. And it's just, it's kind of like the beginning of Up, where you're just kind of like, all right, well, hit me with the feels and then we'll move on. Right, okay, but, like, the parents didn't die yet during the You Want to Build a Snowman, right? Right, yeah. So the parents yeah, they died a... during it. Right, but, like, during it, for the first few verses, the parents are staring at this kid singing through a keyhole. Yeah. <laughs> they don't do anything. Horrible That's parents. Like, horrible parents. Like, they're not just going, oh, man, like, our children really should, you know, still kind of know each other. <laughs> All because she threw a, a snowball at her head. Like, that that's what started this whole mess. Yeah, like, you know, just don't let her do it anymore. You know? yeah. She doesn't really do it again until, like, later. But, I mean, up to that point, it's like, just wear gloves. Whatever. Yeah. This is the argument of, uh, do violent video games turn kids into killers or do does bad parenting? Bad parenting led to this in- incident, not magic. <laughs> Screw those parents. I'm just looking to figure out, like, why didn't they, like, let the troll, like, help her further? Like, the troll knew the power, it cured Anna, and they're just like, bye. We're not going to talk about this, so we're having an agreement that, like, we can blackmail you, this royal family, that your daughter's a witch. (laughs) They're like, oh, that's awesome, thanks. See ya. And no song for them. (laughs) Uh, Let's see what else I have down here. No effort at all in uh, establishing who that one villain was, where he just gets introduced and says, like, I'm a villain. Oh, did I say that out loud? That was the point where I stopped the movie and typed out the status about it sucking. It was just like, really? This is how cheap we're going to go? And then we've got the For the First Time in Forever song. Don't start writing these songs for Valley Girl Idiots. Like, Is the next Disney movie going to have a song that's uh, I Can't Even right now? Probably if it stars like modern day. Ugh. But uh, we talk about like the weasel guy. Yeah, the, the dude with the mustache. But he's like that was the obvious thing though. It was like the the red herring. But it turns mm. out they're just both evil. Like it wasn't like oh no he's actually a good guy. No he's just still evil. There's more evil people apparently. I will give give him credit for me not liking the prince and then it turning out that he's not supposed to be likable. I'll give him credit for that. They pulled that off. I was just kind of like, I don't really like this Hans guy. Oh, good. I'm not supposed to. Instead yeah. of just being like, oh, he's a dick that I'm like, hmm. Well, and again, it's another twist where it's like, for young kids introducing to like fairy tales, it's kind of like, oh, like not every prince is like a good guy. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was clever, but not too clever. I'm like, fuck yeah, Disney. Like you really knew how to <laughs> M. Night me. <laughs> <laughs> It all turns out that the only reason that it's frozen is the trees did it. Oh, God. Wait, what? <laughs> happening? Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought Days it was just of... the snow. Like, this whole thing was just winter will kill you. Yeah. Well, even though they've got, like, uh, a town where they export ice. <laughs> yeah. 
Dace, what do you think about the music uh, as far as like the good songs, the bad songs? Which ones? How would you rank them, sort of? They're all terrible songs, and people <laughs> who like them are terrible people. <laughs> oh, I'm terrible then. Sorry. I like the songs. They're terrible. Okay. They're not. I've heard covers of Let It Go that are better than the very. Oh, uh, I mean, I. I don't female. care for how like it's sung in the movie, but the lyrics are are cute. Hey, make sure you say her name right. She's the wickedly talented Adele Dazeem. <laughs> <laughs> the hell was Travolta thinking? With that? <laughs> Scientology. Scientology. Yeah. Dina Menzel, Adele Dazeem. What? Adele like, Dazeem. <laughs> that's like just a mind fuck of dyslexia. <laughs> Oh god, it was even more awkward the next year when he apologized and he was just like groping her face the whole time. Like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh super weird. Caroline, what's your favorite song and your least favorite song? Uh, my favorite, I think it's Let It Go. And my least favorite, probably the Ice One. Um I didn't care for the uh for the first time forever as well. I guess I just really liked Let It Go and do you want to build a snowman? Because for months, like I was, I couldn't get that song out of my head. Were you just like walking down the street in New York, humming? Do you want to build a snowman? Do you want to build a snowman? There, I sung. <laughs> <laughs> Cheng, how do they rank for you? What's the best and the worst? Uh, like "Let It Go" is like the definite song of the movie. It's kind of like "Show You the World" to I can show you the world, you know, up from Aladdin. So it's at like level. I think of people just like it's catchy. It's something you could sing a lot. People join in if you start it at the time, at least. Um, and I, for me, I think uh, the fixer upper song is just weird. Oh, I like it, but yeah. it, it's not my favorite of it. But like you know, other than that, like it's still like other songs are like it has meaning. The fixer upper one was definitely like you know super musical comedy out of nowhere. Let's do these crazy like things. But it was, again, like it, the music isn't bad. But I, I imagine if you're like listening to it for like a week, you can probably go nuts. And I understand where Dace kind of like lost like all respect. She sang so. it on like 18 live events within two weeks of the movie's <laughs> release. It's terrible. Yeah, like for me, I saw that one time in theaters with kids, and then I was like, oh, I gotta really stick away from Frozen for a while. Like I gotta. I gotta change my identity. (laughs) So that's why for me, Frozen was like very paced out. But I imagine if like you're with kids and they're insane with it, like, oh crap. They're probably gonna own the weird Disney CD of it. Uh, Yeah, then they're gonna want you to sing along and then... Can't do it. See? I will say though, uh, I did like mostly the four characters that I liked the best of this. I like Sven because it's hard to not like Sven. Yeah, right, he's awesome. Cute little reindeer. Olaf was better than I thought he was going to be, but he was a little bit annoying too. Like, um, kind of struck me as the type of thing where, whenever they do the sequel, you know they're going to do a sequel. It's a guarantee. This movie made way too much money for them not to be like, let's do Frozen Two, even if they just do a huge cop out. Yeah, they are doing one. They're making a sequel. Just even more Frozen. <laughs> but- Probably. <laughs> Olaf strikes me as the type of character that could get annoying as shit in the second one. Well, Josh Gad's annoying as shit, too. (laughs) (laughs) Like, this is very Josh Gaddy acting. Hmm. Um, I saw him in The Wedding Ringer, and he just looks the same. Like, he sounds the same to me. 
See, I hadn't seen anything that he was in other than Frozen, uh, except for Pixels. And I forgot that it was Josh Gad, but I was watching this movie and I'm just kind of like, this voice sounds familiar. And something seems familiar about it. And I do agree. This is very Josh Gad. Yeah. It's kind of like a parody of himself. I feel like his nerdy side, I guess. Yeah. And I think that next time they're going to try to go even more crazy with that. And that's going to get a little bothersome. Yeah. They're probably going to do something with him. It's because he's such a weird, like lovable goof that they see. So they're probably going to market something about him now, like direct where it's like, he's trying to find like something. I'm just, I'm just, you know, just guessing what the sequel could be, and it's gonna be way more Olaf, Olaf and the Icicle Twins, or something like that. Like, yeah, because um, when I looked at him, I was like, oh, it's like an inbred snowman. Like, this is what I think an inbred snowman would look like. <laughs> it's you like Forrest Gump, bro. It's like hills have eyes, like inbred snowman design. Like he's got a giant nose and overdeveloped mandible. Like I'm like, that's what inbred looks like. I'm not a smart snowman. <laughs> he wants to always like be near like a yeah, heat element that can kill him. Like, yeah, oh, dumbass. No. <laughs> so I'm just like, oh god, like that's inbreeding. That should be the story of the sequel. To be Anna gets powers of intense heat and makes it to where everybody's just like, you know, the town's in a heat wave. It's just, <laughs> and Olaf is just like, ah, oh, fuck, I'm dying. <laughs> this sucks. Why can't we go back to the snow? Uh, Kristoff, pretty good character, I think, for, you know, sort of the runt that becomes the good guy, I guess. I liked Anna the best, though, I think. I liked how she was a normal person. She had flaws. I like Elsa. Everybody (laughs) seems to like Elsa, but I was, I don't know, I kind of thought that she was weird. Like, and she's so, she's kind of bitchy, I like that. Anna just annoyed me, like, she's too happy, even though her situations shouldn't call for that like i guess that's a good thing i guess it teaches kids to be happy regardless but i just i didn't buy it like i called that bullshit like she annoyed me she deserved to lose the kingdom if she was gonna be queen (laughs) that bitch in her gloves (laughs) uh what do you guys think about any kind of like lines that stood out as something funny or anything that's like um you know a real good thumbs up or in Dace's case the one thing in particular that you hate other than the music because I gotta agree Let It Go was annoying as shit my favorite thing was the credits <laughs> <laughs> Caroline anything stand out to you? Mm, I don't know like I like Sven I like whenever they make him act like a dog or when he tries to eat Olaf's nose because he deserved it <laughs> he deserved it <laughs> Sven was my favorite I Chang, feel like a little kid now. <laughs> <laughs> anything on your end, Chang? Um, I had that theory where, like, she was so outcast from, like, when Elsa was outcast from, like, society by hanging out in a room. When she, like, like, f- like, finally gets the freedom to, like, make her own ice palace. Like, she gets crazy, like, sexy for no reason. You know what I mean? Like, transformation <laughs> scene always, like, stood out. Where I was like, wait, what? Like, what Disney animator took over at this point that, um... You know, she, her dress changes. She wears makeup now. Like, I'm like, what? Like, you know, it's such a violent shift in, like, tone. I'm like, wait, where did she get inspiration for Elsa? You think about it. Elsa didn't really hang out with people. So how does she know to do this? How does she know to make a dress now? And how does she make a dress if her power is to just create snow? Yeah. I, got I don't remember snow. Iceman ever doing that. No, but, like, everything else kind of makes sense if everything's made out of ice. Her dress is, like, fabric. And I'm like, What? <laughs> So that, that for me has always stood out. I'm like, that's awesome, but like, not explained. 
I do know what you mean, though, about the whole, like, her, like, sexual awakening kind of happens, because it's just like, I mean, Anna does it, too. Anna's uh, doing the whole, do you want to ball a snowman? And then it's like, well, we got this party coming up. I hope I find a guy. And, and then she's like, I of, found a man. <laughs> yeah, Whoa. like, the very first thing she wants to do is just, like, jump some dude's bones. And then Elsa does a whole song of, like, well, I guess I'm mature now, and let me, like, wink at the camera, basically, and it's just, like, yeah, yeah. See, it's uncomfortable. Like, when, you, when you listen to the song by itself, it means one thing, right? But when you see that whole animation with, like, the context before it, you're like, wait, what? And, like, she's, like, it's like 17 or 18 at this point. Mm-hmm. They're not, like, she's not an older, like, mature lady. She's just, she was, like, seven in the beginning. It's only been 10 years. So that's why I'm like, whoa, this is weird now. <laughs> I had one note that was down, and since it's been a couple of weeks since I saw this, I don't remember exactly what the joke is, but I wrote it down as my favorite thing in the entire movie, which was, I passed a kidney stone. Anybody remember what that was? She passed a I want to say that it was probably one of the rock trolls said it, because that would be, you know, the Yeah, pun. yeah, because it's a stone joke. I just don't remember what it is, but apparently I, I liked it enough that I stopped the movie at that time to write down that that was my favorite I think, part. I think, I think it's a fix-em-upper. It's somewhere in that song. Oh, maybe it is in that thing. But you know what I mean? Like, no one's, no kid's gonna appreciate the whole song, because no one understands what like a fixer-upper is in relationship terms. Or passing a kidney stone. No, no kid should ever pass a kidney stone. Let me tell you that. <laughs> so, 0 to 10 rankings. Base how far on the 0 does this uh, rank? Point Zero, 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 one. Oh, gets that that zero zero one. Yeah, zero 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 one with the credits. <laughs> Those awesome credits. Font was amazing. <laughs> Caroline, I'll give it a five. I think that it's definitely not the best Disney has done, but I did appreciate the fact that we haven't talked about this, and I guess I'll just talk about it now <laughs> um the whole like oh only a kiss from your true love will like a true love will set you free or will save her and everybody's expecting oh of course like he's gonna go he's gonna kiss oh and there's like ambulance sorry guys <laughs> um he's gonna he's gonna save her he's gonna kiss her and it turns out it's no it's like a sister's love and that's like such a nice thing to teach kids like you don't need a man you just need to always remember your family will be there for you. I think like, that's really sweet. Just on the other side of the door. Hmm. <laughs> you know, actually, Maleficent sort of did the same thing. And uh, I saw that when it was in theater. So by the time this came along with Frozen, I was just kind of like, oh, seen it before, even though this came out before. <laughs> uh, Chang, what's your zero to ten? Uh, like a five. Like, it just it's, it's in that borderline where it's tolerable. Or the like, but it's like I like it because the modern themes wasn't going to go. It wasn't going to go full like fairy tale. Everything's awesome. Like there's no struggle. The uh, the sister love thing was different. Like which I'm like uh, you know like cool. Disney is actually expanding some of like the themes. So, but you understand like this is based off an even older fairy tale story about the Ice Queen. That like I think depending on which version you read, the ending's different, but. You know, it, Those stories are always so much darker. Oh, so much yeah. darker. So they're, that's why I'm like, yeah, they're not for kids. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, like for what the material came from, like it still did a decent job. 
Doesn't like Cinderella end with uh, the stepsisters getting their eyes plucked out by birds or something? Yeah. And dancing with, with fire shoes. Huh. Yeah. Ariel cuts off her own tongue. Really? When she, yeah. When she's like making a pact with the yeah. with Ursula, she cuts her tongue off. And she doesn't actually end up with Eric. She actually kills him. Yeah. Damn, that sucks. And then she dies. I think she becomes. She turns into sea foam or something. Yeah, it's like that's why the ocean's this way because of the legend of Little Mermaid. Because like sea foam can only like be on the edge of the beach. That's as far as it can go. That's yeah. the same. Like it's like something really fucked up about beach lore. <laughs> They're that's all depressing. like that though. They're all about like cannibalism and violence and yeah, yeah. all that. So Disney did not does not have the balls to ever go in that direction. <laughs> Well, clearly the version of Frozen had to have been that, like, Olaf burns alive somehow, even though he's snow and he would melt. They make him, like, solid enough to burn at the same time. And uh, Anna probably gets murdered by Hans and Sven is, like, somebody's meal. Like, just, you know. I, actually, I think, like, the story is, like, villagers kill Elsa for making it snow so much. And, like, the... um. Elsa and Anna aren't sisters, so it's okay for her to die. Hmm. So it's just super weird. It turns out that the mustache twirling dude is like the hero. <laughs> oh. Again, yeah, we killed that bitch, and now it's again, not snowing anymore. <laughs> you know how I defended Jim back in the Edwards Man part? <laughs> it's the community is just like this monster is fucking up everything, and I'm like Edward Scissorhands. This woman is killing people with snow, and like if they didn't kill her, right, people would have died. Like the whole. The whole town would have been frozen to death. <laughs> so that's it for Frozen for us. Leave your comments below, and uh, we're going to continue on in the very last part here, part four, Snowpiercer. Click on that if you're on YouTube, and sit back and relax if you're on iTunes and Stitcher. Alrighty, guys, we are on part four of episode 22. We did Edward Scissorhands, Groundhog Day, and Frozen. Go back and check them out if you haven't already. Let's get into our final one here, Snowpiercer. This actually came out in 2013 as well, but kind of 2014. So we're going with 2014, because why not? That's the U.S. release date, and that's what's better, right? Sure. <laughs> that's what counts, USA. <laughs> Even though this movie is, like, completely, it's based off of a French book, and it's got a uh, Korean uh, director or whatever, and it's just all over the place. So all them, they get the credit for it, not us. But we do have Captain America, so that's what ends up winning out here. Uh, this movie has a 95% rating on the tomato meter, which is our second highest one. The only one that's better than it is uh, Groundhog Day with 96. So it's just 1% lower than that. But it has the lowest for the audience score, only 72. All the other ones were 80 or above. 86 or above, actually. So that's kind of curious now that there would be that much of a split that it gets... The critics like it more than the audience does, especially compared to the other movies that we've been talking about. Where does this fall on your scale, Caroline? I actually like this movie. I'm very intrigued to read the comics that it was based on uh, because the one thing that I felt in this movie was that it was such a rich world. Like, this world is so interesting. The whole train situation, the classes, how it works, um, that I wanted more of it. I wanted a something extra that the movie didn't give it to me, but I think that if I read the comics, I'll probably be pleased. I liked it. Now, Dace, you uh, unfortunately weren't able to watch all this movie, correct? Correct. But it still wasn't as bad as Frozen. <laughs> <laughs> so just so everybody knows, how far along in it uh, were you able to get? About five minutes. But still better than Frozen. 
So spoilers for Dace. He's going to learn about everything that happens in this movie. Yeah. Uh, I, Cheng... I hear he has an axe instead of a shield this time. <laughs> <laughs> Cheng, what was your first reaction to this? Uh, It was really bleak for me. So when I first saw it, I was just like, I didn't get all the deep symbolism. Like, I was just watching it just to, like, see it, the action and... And like how the like why a train is this weird world and like it took me like at least a few viewings to actually like really start liking it and really understanding like kind of like the almost like mature aspects of it that like uh, like that's why I understand like the critics are looking for like deeper meaning and symbolism like but like the average audience are just like that's a lot of subtitle I'm reading <laughs> like I can see like that being an issue for Americans. Especially if you're on the sing-along version. <laughs> just lyrics pop up and I'm like, oh no, oh, where, where am I? <laughs> Do you want to build a snow piercer? Aww. Do you want to build a train? <laughs> <laughs> so I really wanted to see this movie when it was advertised and didn't get around to it. I just was one of those situations where I, you know, I forgot that the movie was going to come out. And a couple months later, I was just like, oh, shit, it's out on DVD and just didn't, uh, you know, buy it, didn't download it, rent it, whatever the case may be. Watching it for this time around, I was disappointed, actually. I wanted this to be so much better, but I spent the entire movie thinking of just the sheer implausibility of everything. <laughs> That drove me nuts. Like, there are so many things in this movie that I was just like, that doesn't make any sense. Wait, no, that doesn't make any sense. And then I, I couldn't get into it because of that. And that, that bugs me that I couldn't because I think if I could have just turned my brain off, I would have enjoyed this so much more. But I also found myself just wanting to skip to the end. Like, they built up this idea of the end of the train and the journey toward the end of the train. I was just, or well, to the front of the train, not the end of the train because they were already in the end. I really just wanted to know what was at the beginning of it. And when we're taking these little pit stops through, like, uh, you know, the the rich people have their orange grove and they've got the pool where they're hanging out. we got the ravers and all that. I was just kind of like, yeah, can you just get to the front of the train already? Like, I really wanted to know what was at the front of that. And that was it. So I totally agree with you, Caroline, when it comes to the world building, that that was interesting. But... Did, was there any point in this where you were just kind of like, wait, how do they, like, how do they do this? Where do they go? Like, where are they sleeping? Oh, me? Yeah, like, any of those, like, did that bug you at all? Like, this idea that they didn't no. kind of plan that stuff out? No. I'm not, I, I feel like I'm not as logical as you are when I watch <laughs> a movie, Tony. I'm just there for the experience. And for this movie, it was all about experience. Like, I wanted to be in that train. It kind of felt like a video game sometimes. Oh, that's actually a note that I do have down here. That's good that you brought that up. This is totally a video game movie. Yeah, it's awesome. Like, I loved it. I was living for the whole, like, different parts of the train. And, oh, they only have sushi once a year because of the ecosystem. It's like, oh, that's so cool. Like, I love that stuff. But then I don't think about, like, oh, do they ever stop and go to the bathroom? Like, do they go to sleep? Like, I can't. I can't. My brain doesn't go like that. There, That actually is another note of mine of where's the bathrooms. <laughs> but, yeah, this is a video game movie for sure. They've got different levels and they've got boss fights. Yeah. Like, this is more of a video game movie than Pixels. 
didn't watch Pixel, so I have no idea. Don't waste your time. It sucks. <laughs> it is Oscar awarding. <laughs> Sean Bean doesn't die, so it's totally worth it. <laughs> Uh, one of the th- uh, standout moments to me in this movie was something that they didn't build on because they actually did a twist later on that kind of invalidated what I thought was actually kind of cool was the frostbite amputee. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was going to be something that they had done that multiple times, and that's why the one guy, um, Gilliam, that that's why he had like no fucking limbs. He was like an umbrella arm and a fucking uh, whatever he had for a leg or something I thought that that's why he did that, and I thought that that was such a cool punishment. And then, of course, the twist, spoilers, is that he cut off his own arm and he gave that to people to eat instead of eating each other. Yeah. Which, guess you weren't expecting that happening, right, Dace? (laughs) Nope. Missed it. (laughs) Cannibalism is part of this movie, apparently. Yes! Woo! Where uh, we learn that babies taste best. Yeah. Oh, man. Tender meat weird line coming out of Chris Evan. Which, I don't know, if maybe this is just the bad guy in me, whatever. Very first thing I thought of was, well, Veal is better. Oh. <laughs> well, well, yeah. I, I'm, I don't know. I don't eat meat, but that makes sense. Why do you want to eat old humans when you can have, like, fresh, <laughs> tender... <laughs> Fresh baby. <laughs> Hairless. Right off the vine. <laughs> Before they've spoiled. Yeah. <laughs> you make comments about, like, are you guys really talking about baby meat more than anything else? Well, I mean, this is why like, veal's awesome. Veal's great. <laughs> I recommend it to anybody. <laughs> if you didn't know what veal was and you tried it, you would just be like, this is the best no, cutlet of anything you. I've ever had in my life. I know no, it is, and I like so it better. <laughs> uh, I called well in advance that a couple characters were going to die. Were you guys in the same boat? Or yeah. the same train, I guess? Yeah. Aww, <laughs> uh, I was shocked about some people, like, uh, some big, like, you know, the lesser known actors are just fodder, but then, like, you know, the, the known actors I kind of know from other things, the recognizable people, when they died, I was like, whoa. Like, really? That that, that was really, like, harsh. See, Jamie Bell... the way they died, too, was kind of shocking, because some of them just get shot, and that's it. They just, yeah. like, go. <laughs> yeah, Gilliam just shot in the head, and uh, Octavia Spencer, like, I don't even know what she dies from. She died from getting, like, slammed into that... Uh, I think she gets shot. She gets shot, I think, Oh, yeah. she's shot, okay. So I just remember they were like, kind of like scuffling around and then she was just kind of like, Bleh. and I'm like, wait, what? I think she was wrestling for the gun. Yeah. She's like, Ra's al Ghul's uh, plan is done. Uh. <laughs> Jamie Bell, though, as soon as they introduced to him, I was just like, well, he's dead. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was kind of surprised when he died. And I wanted that amputee father to die uh, at that point instead. Yeah, he made it far for one guy, a guy with one arm on that right. train. Like, I was thinking part of me was going, all right, well, maybe they'll kill off uh, Chris Evans and Jamie Bell will be the survivor. Like, maybe that's the trade-off kind of thing. But as soon as they did kill Jamie Bell off, I was just kind of like, okay, yeah, all right. Well, nobody else is safe. Well, the worst part was I had to remember, like, names because when Jamie Bell gets killed, it's, like, 20 minutes later when he explains, like, why he's now, like, sad and the baby-taste-good part pops Mm -hmm. up. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So I was like, oh, he'd like, he like he ate his mom. Like, yeah, that was, that was the, that whole twist, which was yeah. just kind of like a little skeevy. And to be like, well, you know, Edgar, uh, Edgar's dead, but man, I wish I could have eaten him instead. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, look at all that meat left behind. <laughs> uh, school indoctrination. What did you guys think about that whole thing? Wilfred is divine and merciful. and you That know. remind me of Battle Royale so bad. Oh, yeah. Uh, of that... Um video that they play when the kids first get into the school and they're already like ready to play the game they don't know what's going on and it's all cheery but it's so creepy at the same time it's awesome i loved it now admittedly i've never seen battle royale oh it's on okay. my list i gotta check it's it out it's really but... good um with no spoilers whatsoever but they they play this video about like how the game is gonna be played and it's hosted by this really like cute, friendly Japanese girl, and she's like very like childlike, kind of like how the teacher is with the students in that scene. So you remind me of that. It was it was cute. Is there a, a part where they start singing? If uh, like like in this movie, Snowpiercer, it's the whole if the train stops, we're all freezing and dying and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the parts in the movie where I was kind of like I. I don't know what the hell I'm watching anymore. <laughs> well, that's like North Korean propaganda. Just yeah. uh, that's that's what it is. That's that, that level. Because over this movie's directed by like a bunch of Koreans, so this is their like jab at like uh like communism in a weird way. Jun Ho Bong. He was credited as Bong Jun Ho. Because the whole right. switch over kind of thing. And then like everyone else who helped produce this was super Korean. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, out of every, uh, everything for it to be based off of, it's a French thing. With Transpersonidra, I'm not even going to try that. Uh, but Kang Ho Song, or Song Kang Ho, whatever that is, uh, you know, one of the main characters, Nam or Nam. Uh, you've got the supposedly kind of clairvoyant 17 year old. Yeah. Which. I don't know yeah. if that's supposed to be. She's well, actually no, clearly. It's actually it, it's explained. It, no, it's actually explained more in the in the um the comic was that like they're so the kids who grew up on the train like a gen, like a whatever generation um their hearing got really good because they have to ignore like all the train sounds so they can actually like hear what's behind like other like they can hear further than normal. So they, can, oh. they can hear beyond like corridors. So that's how they're able to just like look and like just pay attention. That makes sense. So yeah, that makes sense. But like, you don't get that from like the visuals here. You, but in the comic, it's kind of like, oh, my hearing's really awesome. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, there's there's nothing in the movie that I can remember that ever pointed to that. It was just kind of like, so can you like tell the future? Meh, I don't know. <laughs> She's terrible at it. For like, what happened? <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know if um again, this is just maybe it's a bad guy in me or whatever like that. Part of me really, really wanted Curtis to take Wilford's place at the end. Like, just for real, be the bad guy. Yeah. Um, oh, Tony. Like, <laughs> he was so like, disappointed. <laughs> you know what it is? It's that, like, symbolism of, like, taking up authority. You know, like, you just follow along the path that, like, makes sense. Like, that is, like, what is kind of laid out for you. Or do you carve out your own? kind of thing because that's basically what happened was like he rejected that like lifestyle so he decided to try something different which was going against the whole society of like train society uh 
But yeah, like it that would have been like the safer choice just to like become the new Wolford. Cause he like basically doomed mankind by saying, nah. <laughs> I mean, we're down to two people at the end at a polar bear. That ain't gonna work. Well, another thing is like, is the train the only thing in the world? We don't know. Like, you know, mm-hmm. was there other another survivor community? Because like it was supposed to be like there was supposed to be nothing, not even polar bears. But the polar bears was like say like there's life somewhere else. What's what's the polar bear surviving on? Yeah, and I mean it'd be kind of funny if like there would have been like uh, post credit scenes, and there's like another group of people, and they're like, hey, there goes that train again. <laughs> <laughs> it's a normal town. They're like, and that train's been going around for like twenty years. I wonder who's driving it. I don't know. Fry another steak. <laughs> It, it's just like this This one circle the train goes around is just terrible. Everything else kind of like got over it. It became like thrived it, you know, thrived. <laughs> yeah, it's like if you were normal. stuck in the monorail at Disney World and then there's like other states <laughs> entirely that are perfectly fine. <laughs> just Disney World got fucked up and that was it. Yeah, and they just think the whole world's cut off. Which, speaking of Disney World, I totally got a Disney vibe from this too. Like there's nothing that points to it being an amusement park or anything like that, but just Wilford in general reminded me of Walt Disney. Mm. It, it, yeah, it's an eagle maniac like I have a vision a visionary crazy visionary thing mm-hmm. um, I know like like some of the train apartments are very like bullshitty versions of the real thing like the dance club the sushi bar the aquarium like so they're like these like like stere- like not stereotypes but like just simplified versions of what the real world would have been so I could see like the whole train being this guy's this like crazy visionaries like this is my community and this is like kind of Walt Disney does that or yeah. did that. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like um, Epcot. You have like the different countries. It also remind me of the um, game Bioshock. I forget the name of the guy that created the city in Bioshock, but he he remind me of Wilfred and the whole situation of how they live in this contained environment but it's so horrible in certain ways and scary and just so corrupt in others so Bioshock's a great game play it <laughs> so Caroline since you're a vegetarian yes and you totally would not be up for eating veal or veal babies mm. what do you think about those protein bars if that was the only thing I had to eat I would eat it what can I do I mean Interestingly enough, those protein bars kind of look like this, like, weird vegan, like, fruit roll-up things they sell at Whole Foods. <laughs> That's all I could think about when I saw those things. Probably taste the same. I have no idea. Never tried one. It's disgusting. But, you know, at, at least it's bugs. <laughs> it's not like, I mean, if I had to eat it, yeah. I guess I'd rather eat that than babies. Men's arms. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't know what that little thing happened during this during this podcast. That was weird. That was our too many too many baby joke meter. <laughs> Just it, it ran off. That was God going. Shut up! <laughs> You're all going to hell. Oh well. <laughs> so, Dace, did you see? I can't remember if five minutes or so in the wood if they've eaten the protein bars yet. Do you remember anything like that? Not really. These big, like, jello kind of looking things that they were eating? No. Black. No. Oh, man, you're missing out on all this tasty food. 
Babies delicious. do sound delicious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, actually, all right, you want to point out something on how I'm a complete idiot? I had a note that I was written down. I completely forgot to get rid of, apparently. Uh, very early on in the movie, I wrote a note. This woman looks a lot like Tilda Swinton. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> the worst be like, this man looks like Tilda Swinton. Kind of, yeah, I guess so. And yeah, it's because it's Tilda Swinton. So. <laughs> Genius, apparently. Uh, I think that's it through my notes. Anything else anyone wants to throw out there, toss into the suggestions for topics to rant on, rave on, whatever? Um, craziest compartment. Like in the the train, anybody has a favorite? Oh man! Hmm. Besides, like the the kids one, because that's like one kid thing. Education train compartment, which is weird, because like, is there a college? Is there a high school? They just kind of like elementary. You're good, whatever. I'm kind of curious about the hooded people. Is their compartment just to stand around, like in hoods? They they work as like fishermen, right, or something. I think they're like the butchers. butchers. Yeah. I think that they had what they had to be just waiting for like there's no fresh meat so it's weird that like they need so many butchers. Yeah, that's true. Same I kind of I still like how they stopped fighting to celebrate New Year's. <laughs> yeah, like everyone just has an agreement where it's just like, yeah, <laughs> cheering. <laughs> CinemaSins pointed one out to me that I didn't realize when it was happening during the movie, but there's a train compartment of just some dude peeling an apple. I was like, really? You devoted a whole train to that? <laughs> I forgot. I don't remember that one at all. I don't remember that one either. What, which one is that? Right before the uh, dentist one. Oh, like a compartment in there. Yeah. Okay. So it's just oh. kind of like, I get the dentist thing where it could be like, maybe that's like the med bay. But like, what's with the whole like... We're going to have, like, a, a dance thing. We're going to have the water room. We're going to have the bug production room. We're going to have that room where that one dude peels apples because he <laughs> likes doing that. <laughs> yeah, like, it, it seems like they were utilizing weird-ass spaces for priority. Like, mm -hmm. there's, like, a pool train, like, part, and then there's just, like, a, a sauna room, whatever, that's, like, really cramped. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, just, like, their essentials are, like, really small, but, like, their luxury parts are, like, really big. But, like, I think that's the the the, the commentary about it, where it's, like, people spend more things, like, spend more money on, like, like, unnecessary goods, while, like, necessities are just, like, whatever, like, are just smushed together. Yeah. So, I think, I think that's, that's another, like, thing. Again, the average moviegoer won't care about those things, but that's why, like, after so many viewings, if you like look at it, that you see the symbolism, they're like, "Oh, now I'm a I'm right. one of those assholes that like can like rub people's noses like they don't get it." You know what I mean? <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like, it took a while for me to appreciate that, but I could see why. Like, not this is not going to be on everyone's favorite list. Mm -hmm. Yeah, true. So uh, zero to ten, how's this rank? Days will start off with you. <laughs> Clearly a 10. Baby eating and killing people, it's got it all. <laughs> Fun food and games, it has everything. <laughs> Chang, 0 to 10? Like a 7. It, it's, a, it's a great movie to throw on to show that you love, like, an international movie, even though the main star is, like, American as fuck. <laughs> Literally Captain America. It's Captain America with a beard. And, uh, you know, funny enough, he and Edgar have both been in Fantastic Four movies. That's right. 
Caroline, you're zero to ten. I'll give it a seven and a half. What's I mean, I like I like the well. I just I I feel like it needed something else for me to fully love this movie. Um, it might have been just like story development, a little bit more character development. I feel like um, things. Could have been a lot better, but at the same time, I just really like the design of this movie and the feel of this movie. Like, I could go on and on about it. I just think it's it's one of those movies that if you really wanted to write, like, an essay <laughs> on it about inequality and things like that, you could go so deep into this. I just, I liked it. And I kind of like that they um, had this collab between Koreans and... Um, American to this movie you definitely gave it that video game vibe that I also think it's cool so yeah alrighty guys well those are our opinions about Snowpiercer and the other winter movies make sure you leave your comments below tell us what you think of all them how would they rank uh, compared to each other <clears throat> excuse me and uh, if there's any other winter movies that you think we you know, we'll be interested in checking out if we do another one in January of next year or whatever the case may be. I don't think we're going to be doing winter movies in June, but you never know. Uh, it all depends on if we release that stuff into the atmosphere and it ends up fucking us all over. But uh, leave your comments below. Make sure you like this, share it, subscribe, follow it, whatever the case may be on whatever platform you're checking it out. There's one last thing for us to do, and that's to give some promotional stuff of what we have going on on some other websites and everything else like that. So, Dace, I'm going to start off with you. Anything you want to promote to the people? Check out the Dace Man Show now on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern on MegapowersRadio.com, as well as the Dace Man Show YouTube. Chang? Uh, you can catch me as part of the Everything Action crew at EverythingAction.com and our Everything Action show on, on Twitch, uh, Stitcher. Caroline? Check out my website, CreepyCaroline.BigCartel.com and Fanboys Anonymous. All right, guys, from my side of things, of course, just keep checking out fanboysanonymous.com for everything that we have coming your way. That's going to be some different uh, review points. I think our next one's probably going to be Deadpool. So if you're interested yeah. in that, then yeah, definitely want to check that out. Maybe some unboxing videos coming soon. Maybe some trailer reactions if we get any of them. Of course, we're going to do Minuteman reviews and stuff like that. Really been trying to get some ideas for fan tracks, so if you're interested in audio commentary, leave suggestions down below of different things that you might be willing to check out. And of course, we have group meeting podcasts, and we got the articles, so so much more content on Fanboys Anonymous. Make sure you check it all out. That's it, though, for episode 22 of the Movie Club, the January 2016 edition. I'm Tony Mango. On behalf of the panelists here and all the fanboys and fangirls that couldn't show up for this episode, we want to thank you all for listening. Keep on watching movies. We'll see you later, everybody. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. I'm too over this. Good day, sir! You stay classy, San Diego. Rose? Well, we're going, we don't need Rose. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. I'm finished. That'll help you. That'll go. Hasta la vista, baby. Hey, everybody! We're all gonna get late! You're still here? It's over. Go home. <laughs>